Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And of course, we are joined by our guest this evening uh, talking about uh, stock fells and. Um, uh, um, that's Ian Alice, a criminal lawyer. Uh, Legal Monday, looking at Stockfell season, members being robbed. And then you start to wonder, if I'm a treasure, I think the other members will start asking, are you sure you were robbed? Was this not a planned robbery? Is this not a botched robbery? It may be really genuine. It may be botched for all you know. But also, what then can the members do in terms of uh, finding help so that, you know, they can retrieve whatever they, they need to retrieve. So the South African stockfell sector has grown immensely, uh, controls vast financial resources. In 2020, it was estimated that the industry holds 49.5 billion rand in member savings and has some 11.6 million participants. This is good money, real good money. The sector being so huge makes it attractive to unscrupulous people, especially at this time of the year when stockfells are chasing, you know, when they're cashing out. And the fact that stockfell members prefer to manage their own affairs through non-state means, making it so difficult for prosecutions to occur when criminal elements are involved. And my guest, Ian Alice, is online. Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening, Bertha. Good evening to the view, uh, to the listeners. I trust you well this evening. We are perfectly fine, or should I say, I'm perfectly fine. <coughs> this is a very, very tricky situation. If, people actually don't realize just how tricky and how technical it actually is. And the problem when it comes with crime against stock sales, um, a stock sale is to begin with, isn't a regulated organization in many cases. It's a very informal gathering and joint contribution of members. But it's not, for, exa- for example, like a pension fund or um, a CETA or anything to that effect where it's a formalized, regulated, organized, insured uh, financial institution. It's basically a group of people contributing a little bit every month, or in this case, it's a lot more than a little bit. And certain fees and membership going ahead and being paid, but it's almost like a club. It's a club, but it's not a regulated club. So the problem comes when you've got a situation like that, and as was the case, what you discussed, where the treasurer gets robbed. And someone from going to the police and laying a criminal charge, there's not many options available because you know, very few of the stock sales actually govern themselves properly and register up as a non-profit organization or as an, or, or as an entity so that they can go ahead and insure any monies. And secondly, they're not actually in, they're not actually registered or regulated with any parties. So there's little or no comeback because it's pretty much it's almost like a club, if one could say, but it's a more informal club. It's you, me, your neighbor, my neighbor, and three of our cousins kind of decide we want to start contributing money every month and see about divvying up the pot at the end of the at the end of the year. 
and hopefully somebody's gone ahead and maybe put the money in the bank or found some other way to earn some interest on the money because even on certain of these within the the ambit of the stock fells, they also um, loan money, which are not, and they're not even registered or regulated for that, and charge excessive amounts of interest. So I was reading an article even, uh, even where one person went off and borrowed 6,000 Rand and ended up having to pay back 34,000 Rand. So they're not governed by the same laws and, and, and regulations as the normal private sector actually are. Wow. So it almost, it could be like, no, but it's not like a pyramid scheme. Not necessarily. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I think we're getting there. We're getting, oh, let me put it to you this way. Technically, it kind of can fall into that ambit of, of a Ponzi scheme, if one could say, because you get other people do get recruited to also contribute to the stock fell. But we don't want to go and get that, uh, that, techni- that technical, especially as of late with our laws regulating um, Ponzi, uh, Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes, it's not too dissimilar in, in its application. But it is, the one thing that people know is exactly what they're investing the money for. And it does have certain differences to your regular pyramid scheme. Mm. So in a, in, a, in a case where, you know, Money has gone missing. Um, I think let's let's look at it from a point of, um, the, you know, the group itself. Mm-hmm. They feel some form of fraud has taken place. How how from a legal perspective, how do they handle this situation? Well, first of all, they're going to have to contact the police and say that this money has been stolen because technically, no matter what, the person's on a financial advisor. And this is where people must be very wary when it comes to investing in stock sales. It's not governed by the financial sector. It's not governed by the, net, by the credit regulator. It's governed by one individual, and sometimes there's not even a constitution. Or the closest one can say to a constitution is a one-pager. So realistically, it's... It's it's technically the same as when your when your cousin when your third cousin comes and says, "Have they got a have they got a scheme for you?" And, and you're going to be buying shares in property in the middle of Canada. It's the same type of thing. The only way you can say to them if they, if that money is lost is either charge them with fraud or sue them in a civil court for. In uh, for the, uh, for under civil uh, under civil law for justified enrichment, or um, or a misrepresentation a misrepresentation and pursue or after them criminally for for uh, uh, for repayment of those monies or mm. for or for them to be charged. Okay, so in this case now, this this is a case that happened in Polokwane where uh, there's a woman who was basically in charge of the funds. She had the funds at the house. Someone broke into the house, stole the money, went to report to the police. And of course, the police now are hunting down the guys, uh, or should I say the robbers, uh, per se. Um, <laughs> let me put it in this way. The likelihood that the people are ever going to recover their money is non-existent. Unfortunately, in a situation like that, 
um, they because of the risk of it, because there's no there's no regulation, there's no insurance, and there's no liability insurance. So unless they want to go after the woman who had the money and say that she's defrauded them or um, she stole the money, the, the money technically, there's nothing really that they can go ahead and do unless they want to hold her liable for ne- uh, for negligence and then go the civil route to try and recover their share of the uh, their share of the money. But the thing is, because the, the likelihood that they're ever going to get that money back, even if the robbers are caught, is very very slim. Because the minute there's cash involved, that cash will be distributed and and, and, and utilised almost immediately. Mm. The lines are opened. That's 086-000-2032. Or you can send us your voice note. That's 0614104107. Um, maybe you've been a member of a stock fell. Maybe you've expe- experienced something of this nature where money just goes missing and you are all just trying to understand what could have happened. Or your treasure your treasurer just decided to swindle the money and you all know that she swindled money or he swindled money what then were the actions what did you do uh, just to find out you know uh, for the from the people on the ground exactly what they've experienced it will be quite interesting to know because i've never really been part of a stock fell and you know especially at this in this magnitude so are there any 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 governance structures that can be put in place that can sort of like provide some form of security. Actually, they can go ahead. That means that they have that um, the financial services authority has to start managing stock files and regulating stock files. And not every man and not every man in the street can operate a stock file. It's got to be handled by experienced people, and it's actually got to become more organised. So technically, it's not that difficult. It can be dealt. It can be done, but it's going to take a lot of the power away from the self-governance aspect of the of the act of the actual committee, if one could say, and it's got to place it in the hands of professionals. Which, unfortunately, for stock sales, is kind of contrary to the entire idea of a stock sale because that thrives with the informality of the procedures. And that and that's how come and the informality of how things are actually done. So it kind of defeats the the stock sale idea by regulating it into a proper organised investment investment facility, which is somewhat different. Let's take a small break. We will be back. I just want to find out, like, do they have when they have a bank account? Are there any signatories? But we'll talk about that when we come back. Let's take a small break. We'll be back. Bertha Charuma. On SAFM. And I have my guest online, a criminal lawyer, that's uh, Ian Alice, and uh, it is Legal Mondays, and talking about Stockfield season, members being robbed, and who is liable when this happens, and do you have any channels that you can follow in case you are robbed? And I just asked a question just before we took that small break, that when, because when you put money in, a, in an account, I'd like to believe you have certain signatories. Do you have like a few signatories, or is it just one member that signs out the money or signs in, you know, uh, financial documentation. Yeah, from what I believe, there are certain now with the bank and uh, with certain with some of the banks. I don't believe it's with all of the banks, but I believe certain, uh, a couple of the banks um, allow for a stock for a stock fill account. 
which then actually means there needs to be authorized signatories and they need to provide copies of their constitution and provide an actual constitution um, that forms part of their documents like you would any other uh, normal business and that they are responsible people who have signatory rights to that account. So it is a little bit more of a formal basis, and yes, uh, banks should actually be used from the stock sale point of view, and there are ways to do it. To do it. Um, and from that point, there's the actual sign- signatories, and they can even extend it to EFTs and, pre- and payment into people's accounts. There's less handling of the cash. Because the thing that happens with stock sales is they deal primarily in cash. There's no other forms of, of, of collateral. And the problem with, uh, with that often is experienced is because there's such high bank charges, that's why a lot of the stock sales don't invest in, legit, in legitimate banking accounts. Certain times will be a savings account, but these are through smaller type of less private banks like I think Time, uh, uh, Time Bank or uh, Time Bank does something uh, has like a stockfill account, or they might, and I think one of the other bigger banks offers it. But largely, um, the signatories are just a couple of the, if one could say, founding members, and they are given a card, and that's how they operate and utilise it. And mainly, they just draw the money out of cash. Mm. I think let's uh, take a voice note. Uh, let's hear what uh, what's the opinion out there. Hi, Bertha. You know this topic makes me laugh because my aunt um, literally is one of the people that ran away with the Stockwell money and she lives in another city right now. Could this, you know, land her in jail if she gets caught? Ian, what do you think? What, what, what's, your, what's your verdict there? I've, I've struggled to hear the first part of it. I'm understanding with her with her with her uh, with her aunt okay and at the uh, at the end i was actually struggling to hear what the voice note was actually saying sorry let me give it to you so uh her aunt actually Mm -hmm. belonged to a stock fell stole the money from the stock fell ran away with the money Mm -hmm. and if she is caught what are we looking at or is she liable can she, she be caught? Yes, she can be, because at the end of the day, it's any form of embezzlement and theft. She was given that that uh, that money to operate a stock fell. She was not given it to go ahead and uh, and cover for her own self. It was the members, or even if they're not or, or, or authorized members, the people who have um, put that money into the stock fell, and she's conned them. Um, they, she will go ahead. She could be charged with, with fraud and theft criminally, and they can also go after her civilly for the return of that money or whatever they contributed into that fund. They're entitled to claim it back directly from her because there's no professional liability insurance, indemnity insurance. Mm. And another question is can the debt go away? Let's say, for instance, um, I'm the person that stole the money and I need to mm-hmm. pay it back. And I drag. And you know how it is with credit bureau. After three years, um, you know, the debt just somehow fizzles. Does, what it is, does it's it called up? prescription. I beg your pardon? It's, it's called prescription. Mm-hmm. So there's, two, there's two things. Number one, if you don't 
go if it's not criminal, where say for example, like the woman who alleged she was wrong, technically she's still responsible for the money. So they can go after her civilly. They could try criminally, but she could always say, no, I was robbed, here's my case number, and try and get out of it that way. But you need to institute a claim within three years, otherwise the death prescribed. So if anybody has been uh, has been conned or misled through a, through a stock file member stealing their money and then refusing to pay them, they need to proceed to either... The small claims court all get an attorney involved to actually summon her to or summon that person to court because it's the only way to stop them from actually getting away with the debt. Mm. And in terms of you know judgment, if somebody has, has stolen stock fill money, yes, they've been found guilty. They took the money. I suppose it has to it has to depend on how much they stole. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, what 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 are you looking at in terms of jail time here? Is, you know what the problem is? When there's a first-time offence, it's very seldom that the person will get direct jail time unless it's a significant amount. But what then needs to actually happen, and this is and this is something, if one could actually say, and just the, and it deals with my first point on even the civil debt, the, a criminal matter does not prescribe. So if you always go if you go after the person criminally, it can take you can go after them at any stage after that money has has been stolen. But the problem is with the criminal aspect, they don't, they won't, it's not a debt collection. So if the person offers to pay, what they'll try and do is have a payment plan through the criminal courts in what's called restitution to refund the parties their money that they have in actual fact lost. So that way a person can go ahead and avoid any form of penalty and um and a criminal and a criminal conviction if they can't afford to pay it back then the sentence can actually deter can be will be determined by also the number of counts as well as the total amount involved and the quantity and the quantum of money actually totally um the effect it will be a bit major there's a, there's a there'll be a difference in a sentence if say someone's stolen three thousand rand as opposed to if they've stolen the equivalent of three million rand. And with the amount of money involved in the stock fell, that's not impossible for someone to actually steal three million rand. Mm. And then I've got a question that is just slightly different. It's just slightly different. So um, I don't know whether it, it is some form of a, it's not a stock fell per se. So there's an organization. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a women's organization, and the mother, the mother, the mother organization has little other, uh, in you know, little organizations, five little organizations uh, that they service, and the mother organization got a lump sum. They sold assets uh, from money that was raised from the other little organizations, and they distributed the money amongst a few members and not everybody else so some of the little organizations were ignored and they are trying to sue uh, the mother organization do you think that the little organizations have a case well it's a little bit different stock fell but the reality is is if there's a basis and a claim in terms of those little subsidiary organisations against its main holding, against the main holding company, the civil route is the way, is the way to go. 
and they would technically be entitled if one of the if one of the members uh, if certain of the members can benefit from that one can't disregard one can't disregard the other um, companies that are all, or little entities that are all a part of the bigger umbrella group. So they would have to show specifically the reason why, even though small, why those people were excluded, even though their assets were um, were in fact sold as part of the bigger, uh, as, far, as far as the bigger, the bigger scheme went. So they could have themselves the problem, because that's all that, that comes into effect a lot in terms of the insolvency act. Yeah. Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we have to end it at this point. This is quite insightful. And uh, for anyone who joins the Stockfell, I think these conversations, uh, next time when we have a conversation like this, it will be quite interesting to call in and find out, you know, what, what, what you need to put in place so that you also don't end up being a victim where money just fizzles and you, you are left with nothing after contributing so much. Thank you so much for joining if, us this evening. If I could give certain advice on that one, if it's not regulated and it's not registered, don't put money into it. Ah, if it's not regulated and not registered, run for the hills. Do not run invest. Run for the hills.